Welcome to Crime, Corruption, and Cocktails, the true crime podcast where we look at cases of corruption and negligence and examine their historical and cultural implications. Today, I'm drinking a hard cider. What do you have, Del? I am drinking a gin and tonic, and on this week's case, we are going to look at the international child abduction case of Sean Goldman. This case started an international child custody battle and brought attention to the struggles American citizens have when trying to gain custody of children from other countries. But first, let's get into some background on international child custody cases. In 1993, Congress passed the International Parental Kidnapping Crime Act, which created a federal international kidnapping offense which made it a federal crime for a parent or other individual to remove or attempt to remove a child from the United States or to retain a child outside of the United States with intent to obstruct another person's custodial rights. Every year, situations of international parental kidnapping are reported in the United States. It is common for the removal of a child to occur during a heated or emotional marital dispute in the early stages of separation or divorce or in the waiting period for a court custody order or agreement. International parental kidnappings of U.S. children have been reported in countries all over the world, including Australia, Brazil, Canada, Colombia, Germany, India, Japan, Mexico, the Philippines, and the United Kingdom. The return of kidnapped children is often settled through negotiation or with the left-behind parent filing a civil petition pursuant to the Hague Convention on the Civil Aspects of International Parental Child Abduction. This convention was established to facilitate the return of children abducted to foreign countries. However, it only applies if both countries involved in the international parental kidnapping situation are signatories to the convention. Some parents may consider using extrajudicial forms of recovery, such as personally traveling to the foreign country to recover a child. Although it may seem easier and faster to use these methods, they often violate U.S. federal laws and the laws of the foreign country involved and may potentially exacerbate the situation. In such circumstances, the other parent's direct removal of a child from the foreign country without the assistance of the United States Department of State could result in his or her arrest or even imprisonment in that foreign country. Furthermore, any unlawful attempt to recover a child may adversely impact the success that the petition for return under the Hague Convention would have. Let's get into Sean's case. Sean Goldman was born in 2000 in the United States to an American father, David Goldman, and a Brazilian mother, Bruna Bianchi. In 2004, Sean took a two-week vacation to Brazil to visit his mother, and after this vacation, Bruna refused to return Sean to his father in the United States. Bruna then filed for a divorce from David in Brazil. She then married Joao Silva in 2007. After Bruna died in childbirth in 2008, Silva applied for and was granted a new birth certificate for Sean, which listed himself as Sean's father. This was allowed because Brazil allows for social effective paternity, which is a legal concept that recognizes non-familial bonds. 
Sean's case made it to the Brazilian Supreme Court, which ruled in favor of David, and Sean was returned to the United States on December 24, 2009. Sean's grandparents made repeated visitation attempts through the court in New Jersey, but were denied based on the probability of Sean not being returned again. This case had wide-ranging political implications. Then U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton treated the case as a diplomatic issue of Brazil's obligations under the Hague Convention. U.S. Congress introduced H.R. 2702, legislation to suspend Brazil's generalized system of preferences trading benefit. The case was also discussed on the U.S. House of Representatives floor with a statement from Congressman Chris Smith, a Republican from New Jersey. U.S. Senator Frank Lautenberg of New Jersey placed a hold on a trade bill which allows certain countries, including Brazil, to export certain products to the United States tax-free. So, Jenny, what do you think about this case? I had never really heard about this case until you had said you wanted to talk about it, Del. And honestly, like, the first thing that comes to mind is just, like, I feel bad for Sean. It must have been so much for him to deal with at such a young age the death of his mom, his parents getting divorced. He wanted to know where his dad was and then being fought for, like pulled in different directions with both sides of his family. That's very complicated for any child to deal with. And, you know, you have to wonder, has he heard bad stuff about his dad and bad stuff about his mom from their prospective families? Because they are taking a child away from someone. And it doesn't sound like David did anything wrong for his child to really be taken away from him. But then it's really nice to see Sean's stepdad want to have custody of him. It's, I'm sure, a very emotional thing, and I really can't imagine going through it. It's interesting that I feel like our government looked at it as more of like a trade issue, or it had like implications on trade. Um, I don't really know if that's like the most effective way to look at it. But then I do think it is like a diplomatic thing. But when I think there's like big government involved, it is hard to really like feel the emotion and you have to look at it more from like a law standpoint. But it's definitely not like a cut and dry case, I don't think. What about you? Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I just feel really bad for Sean. And I think that one of the things that really came out of this case was no matter which side got Sean, someone was going to be hurt. Someone was going to lose access to a family member that was precious to them. And in this case, although Sean was able to go back to the United States with his dad, you have his stepfather and you have his grandparents in Brazil now unable to have any type of real contact with him. Not to speak ill of the dead, but it is Sean's mother's fault. There was no evidence that David had any malicious intent against Bruna or Sean. And so the fact that she made the conscious decision to keep him in Brazil, despite the fact that it was previously agreed that he would go back to the United States, set all of this in motion. And now you have poor Sean in the middle thinking in his head, well, why did my mother want me to stay in Brazil and not go back to the United States? Why did my stepfather have to file for a new birth certificate that listed him as my father without any mention of his biological father? And present day Sean now has to think, how would my life have been different if my mom had co-parented with my dad? 
How would my life have been different if I was able to explore both Brazil and the United States? I think it would have been an exciting childhood for him. And so all this was taken away from him because his mother decided that she wanted to blow up an arrangement that she had with John's father. And it's just, it's really sad. And to talk about how the politicians responded to it, I think that they were just using the only thing they really had in their arsenal, which is trade agreements between the United States and Brazil, and trying to put a little bit of pressure on Brazil to make sure that Sean was returned to the United States. But we're going to get into this later. The U.S. government has not been the most helpful when it comes to American citizens trying to have their kidnapped children return from foreign countries. American parents complain that they are essentially alone when dealing with foreign courts and foreign legal systems. The U.S. State Department has a virtual monopoly on information in such cases, but refuses to act as a vigorous advocate for left-behind American parents while also preventing the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children or anyone else from playing that role. State Department attorney Thomas Johnson remarked that when he reminded one senior State Department official with Child Abduction Convention responsibilities that she worked for the American people, her immediate response was, quote, I don't work for the American people, I work for the Secretary of State, end quote. And this, to me, really demonstrated the department's inherent conflict of interest. The Department of State has a desire to maintain, quote-unquote, good bilateral foreign relations. And that tends to override any assertive and effective advocacy on behalf of American citizens. They're always thinking about, well, I never want to do this action that is going to cause this country to make hostile decisions towards the United States. And while I do understand that that is their purpose, I think it's really shitty that they won't pass that advocacy over to another organization. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children would be the perfect organization to handle these type of cases. They already have experience with missing children, and all they would need is the additional resources that the State Department has when dealing with foreign nations. Bernard Arrowson said, quote, the current system to secure the return of these abducted American children does not work and will not work unless it is changed profoundly. I don't doubt the sincerity or the dedication of the professionals in the State Department who have lead responsibility for this problem, but they do not have the tools and power to do their job effectively. And unless Congress gives them the power and the tools, we will be back here in five years or 10 years with another set of hearings, another group of parents with broken hearts and devastated dreams, and we will be making the same statements we are making today. And I absolutely agree with him. There have been a lot of hearings on what Congress could do to make sure that these abductions are happening or when they do happen, the American citizen can have an easier time going about getting their child back. But there doesn't seem to be any real care to do it. Even the 
things that they were proposing in Congress had nothing to do with the inherent issue. It was just, well, how can we put pressure on Brazil? There was also a lot of criticism of Hague. The primary intention of the convention is to preserve whatever status quo child custody arrangement existed immediately before an alleged wrongful removal or retention, thereby deterring a parent from crossing international borders in search of a more sympathetic court. The convention applies only to children under the age of 16. And Bernard Aronson said, quote, let me be blunt, a diplomatic request for which there are no consequences for refusal is just a sophisticated version of begging. And there are no consequences today for Brazil or any other nation which refuses to return American children, end quote. Jenny, what do you think can be done to reduce the likelihood of these types of abductions? I think it really starts with what Aronson said of having some kind of consequence. I don't know what that consequence should be, really, but you shouldn't just be allowed to take a child, even if it's yours, to another country with you and keep them. And custodial kidnappings are the most you know, prominent type of kidnapping. We don't have stats for international kidnapping, but I would think that's like a form of custodial kidnapping. And again, it does happen more than people think, more than what I think the media really likes to warn people of. But I think it's really important for these countries to have some type of better communication with each other, really. And I guess part of that is to have better rules and laws in place. Because like we're saying, it does happen. It's not like it's not happening. Someone needs to be held accountable. There needs to be I don't know, a negotiation process or something. But Del, you mentioned getting the Center for Missing and Exploited Children involved. I think that would be great. They clearly know what they're doing. We talked about them a lot in our Johnny Gosh episode. Um, so please go listen to that um, if you'd like to hear some more details. But they've saved thousands of children who were kidnapped, whether it was uh, custodial kidnapping or um, you know foul play with a stranger, anything like that. And they're really good at their job. They seem to be very on the ball with what they're doing. And I think that they're probably the greatest resource. If only, like we're saying, the State Department or someone could help and give them some more resources, whether that be funding or personnel or, you know, access to, I don't know, records or whatnot. I think that they could really uh, get the job done. What about you? Yeah, I agree with all of your points. It's a it's a matter of wanting to do it. I think it's a matter of wanting to actually put the force of the law and your money into it. Because if you are willing to say Brazil is doing something wrong, we're going to not give them preferential treatment and trading. Why are you not using those same mechanisms to say, we are going to increase our tariffs on Brazil until their non-compliance rate goes down. We are going to um, we are going to impose sanctions on Japan, on the United Kingdom, or any of these other countries that are utterly non-compliant when it comes to respecting the custodial agreements that the United States courts are passing. Anthony Blinken is the new Secretary of State. And he said, quote, we owe it to the families involved to strengthen our efforts to resolve and prevent international parental child abductions. I am committed, as are my colleagues in the Office of Children's Issues and Embassies and Consulates 
around the world to encourage these countries to take more effective measures to resolve cases of international parental child abduction and in the cases of treaty partners to live up to their legal obligations, end quote. That wraps up this week's case. Thank you for listening. Let us know in the comments what you think about the Goldman abduction case and how the international community responds to these types of custodial disputes. You can read more about this case and how to support us in the links below. We will be back next week with a brand new episode focused on the strange spring of smiley face murders. As always, stay safe.